Happy Tuesday, friends. I have a lighthearted, fun, and lovely conversation with a content creator for you this week. Jenna Bernard, who you may recognize as Butternut Bakery, has over 1 million followers on Instagram and 20 million likes on TikTok. We chatted about the long-lost cupcake craze, red velvet cake, and the fact that you need a good cast iron pan. We talked about a lot more than that, but you get the gist. Please welcome the wonderful Jenna Bernard. so pretty with that blue by the way <laughs> thank you so much I actually had a color analysis done where they like oh, take into account your like hair color your eye color your skin color and they tell you what colors to wear it helps so much I highly recommend <laughs> I, that has been on my list to do forever I want to do that so bad I think like it helps yeah I'm sure yeah because it brings your eyes out because you have blue eyes uh they're like green hazel Okay, yeah, because I could tell it makes your like eyes pop. When I wear brown, it makes my eyes mm-hmm. pop. It makes me look a little tanner too, which I, I could see that. I would say no too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's great to meet you. Got a little off topic there, but thank you so much for coming on. I've been following your page for a while, so excited to talk to you. Love your recipes. Thank your you. Blue and free cinnamon roll recipe has my family in a chokehold. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good to hear because that recipe was so hard to make. So, really, I don't believe it. Yeah, because you had to find the right flour, and it it yeah. takes me a good amount of time. It, it's a commitment and a half. I will say that. Yeah, it's very different. It's very different than regular cinnamon rolls. It's very weird to make, but it works out. So, mm-hmm. I know now it's a Christmas tradition. So I think I locked myself into that by accident. <laughs> You're committed. You you can't go back now. You can't do yeah, you can't do any shortcuts. When you bake something once, it's like, oh, can you make that again? And then you yep. become <laughs> it's your signature now. Mm-hmm. Well, really, it's your recipe, but I'm just taking it in now. It's... Yeah, you can take credit for it. I'll, I'll keep your secret. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you. Um, so let's go general first. I want to start talking about your background a little bit. I read that you grew up on box cake mixes and easy bake mm-hmm. ovens started experimenting in high school what was the first recipe or recipes that you remember making oh gosh I actually have this like little photo album my mom mailed it to me because she found it one day and it like has all of my recipes that I would make in like high school on my like blackberry Mm -hmm. I would take pictures of um but the first recipes I mean the first thing I made was from scratch was gingerbread cookies that was growing up with my family but when I kind of like dove into baking and started really experimenting. I was making a lot of cupcakes. I was so convinced at that time I was going to open like uh, a cupcake bakery because those were all the rage at the time when I was in high school. Sprinkles was like popping off and I was like, I want to make one. I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of cupcakes, a lot of cakes. um, And it was a lot of experimenting. I would mostly like, I would pull like a cake recipe from someone and then I would pull like some sort of filling from somewhere else. And then I would like, do the frosting myself. Like I would just kind of like Frankenstein recipes together. Cause at that point I didn't have enough experience or any practice or enough practice to make recipes myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I started out that way, just kind of like mashing different recipes together. And then as my confidence grew, I was able to kind of expand and try new things. And a lot of cakes failed. I made a cake for my grandma's birthday one year 
And I think it was like a peanut butter cake with chocolate frosting or something like that. And it was so dry. (laughs) It was like one of the first times I was trying to make my own recipe and I was like, oh, failure. Why did I do this for a special occasion? I should have just done this, you know, one off. But, but yeah, a lot of trial and error has, has led me to here. Okay. Now, did your family tell you that it was dry and were they real ones and critical about it? Or did they just say it was good? (laughs) I, I pointed out, I was like, oh no, this is so dry. And they were still like, it's okay. Like it still tastes good. They're so supportive, but I don't think they would have said anything if I (laughs) brought it up. They would have been like, this is great. It's like, oh, she tried. She tried. My sisters would have been so real with me. They would have been like, this is crap. (laughs) Do it again. So honest. So honest. I remember the cupcake craze. When you mentioned that, I feel like that unlocked something in my brain. Like DC cupcakes is such a thing. Oh, yeah. We were driving to Florida and specifically made a pit stop in Washington, DC to try those cupcakes. Mm -hmm. And I remember, well, I lived in Illinois, but every time we would make a trip up to Chicago for like around the holidays, Sprinkles Cupcakes had like just opened. And we mm-hmm. had to make the trip there. And the line was always totally out of the store. And it was such an experience. And I remember like Sprinkles was a first. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they like all started popping up. And then I went to school in Chicago. And there was, I was trying like a new cupcake place every weekend. Because there were just so <laughs> many. Which they're still delicious. I think that that craze yes. should have lived on forever. I know it's like kind of slowly dying now. But, um, but yeah. <laughs> I know. You and my mom should do a collab because she is obsessed with cupcakes. She would have a list and be like, we're going to try this. We're going to try this. <laughs> and we go to a lot of cupcake places wherever we were visiting. LA had, when I first visited LA, they had a sprinkles vending machine type mm. thing like right outside on the street. And that was like fascinating to me. I have yeah. gotten so yeah, I remember when those hit too. Now they're in like airports. I mean, you can get a cupcake anywhere. Anytime, any place you need a cupcake, you can find one. Even like, um, I don't know if this is everywhere, but Buddy Velastro has a cake vending machine. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, I was like, it was actually really good. I thought it oh, was you had it? dry. Yeah, I did. I was like, I just had to try it. I was at a um, press trip, so I was interviewing a bunch of like uh, chefs and celebrities there and Buddy mm-hmm. Belasher was there. So I felt like it was a rite of passage for me to try his vending machine. And I got a chocolate ch- cake and it was very good. Giant piece of cake. Wow. A too much. I wonder what their secret surprised. is. How do they make it so, how do they make it stay last? The moisture of the I cake. I feel like it would be dry sitting in a vending machine, but they got to work. He has a, this was at Mohegan Sun. So he has the restaurant or not restaurant, but he has his bakery in there. So I'm wondering Mm, if they like. That's probably like the freshest vending machine you can find. Yeah. I don't know if I'll trust others, but (laughs) (laughs) he has the experience. So I'll give it to him. (laughs) Anyways, I'll keep sidetracking. So I'm curious, what was your birthday dessert go-to as a kid? Like, what did you ask for on your birthday? I never, when I was growing up, it was always like you had your birthday at Chuck E. Cheese or you had your birthday (laughs) at a bowling alley or something like that. So it was always either like the cake that was there at the place or a grocery store vanilla cake. 
And I was not upset with either of those because they were always so delicious. It was always just vanilla cake. I love vanilla cake. Or it was like a half vanilla, half chocolate was always the favorite because then the whole party can enjoy it. But yeah, that was like, that was always what I had. It was a vanilla cake um, with like this super sweet, delicious frosting on top. And it was simple, but effective. And I still love that today. So I know those mini cups, back to the cupcakes, those mini <laughs> grocery store cupcakes, they're like crack. I don't know if I should say uh, yeah. that. I don't really know what something is, but they are. <laughs> they're so moist. And I've tried multiple times to like recreate like there was a, a recipe I created the, the Costco blueberry lemon loaf. And Ooh, I was like, okay. I need to try and make this at home, but it is so hard because they use like crazy ingredients and chemicals that you can't usually get in a normal grocery mm-hmm. store and different like processes. They like coat the flour in something that only a machine, a big manufacturing machine can do. So it's very hard to recreate those at home, but I did it somehow. <laughs> Did it okay? Was is that one of your most popular? Because I feel like dupes like that are so popular. Yeah, it does well. I don't know if it's my most popular, but it's like I think it's because it's more seasonal lemon and blueberry. But yeah, that was that was another. Ch- Speaking of challenging recipes, the gluten free rolls and then like recreating <laughs> these manufactured <laughs> desserts. I don't know why I put myself through it, but I know. Well, I mean, there's chemicals, so honestly, your dessert is probably better. <laughs> I hope so. I really hope so. <laughs> Not to um, disavow Costco because I love Costco oh, yeah. as much as the, like those the pu- uh, chocolate pie. Muffins. Oh yeah, yeah. The chocolate muffins. I remember I wrote an article because they had discontinued them, and then they brought them back, and or it was like chocolate cake, not muffins. It was their chocolate cake, mm-hmm. and that was like my most read article. <laughs> In like the three years, I've I've written like deep lifestyle pieces. I've written all these things in the Costco cake. People <laughs> want to know about the cake. <laughs> they, they do. It's very good. So you mentioned that you were making gingerbread cookies as a kid with your mom. And that's mm-hmm. kind of one of the reasons that you fell in love with baking. Is that kind of your earliest memory? Yes, because most of the year, my mom would bake, but she would do like the typical like Midwest humble desserts that are just like quick, a mix is usually involved, you put it in a casserole dish, it's done. It's delicious, but very Mm -hmm. simple. But then once Mm -hmm. a year, we would really just like go for it with these gingerbread cookies, everything from scratch, rolling everything out, decorating. And I just fell in love with that process. I still love to like quick, you know cake mix or whatever desserts mm-hmm. but there's something about making everything from scratch that felt so special and then like knowing they're for santa was just like even better but uh but yeah it was a, tra- a tradition that we had me and my mom and my sister we would just make these cookies decorate them and it was so so fun that is and put christmas music on and mm-hmm. kind of do the whole yeah did you like- make them this time around this holiday no, because now I, I live in Arizona now. So when I fly back home, it's, I treat it as like my vacation. People are like, you should bake for this, this, this. And I'm like, guys, this is my vacation. <laughs> I'm done baking for this time. <laughs> That's totally fair. I um, did the same thing. I probably should have sent an email or two, but I literally went home and I was like, I do not want to write anything for this foreseeable future mm-hmm. until at least 
January, but you know, I have to in January, but still. <laughs> yeah. It's the time of rest and reset and then you're ready to go January. Mm-hmm. You went to school for marketing. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't pursued baking full time, what was the career plan going to be? So I studied marketing and then I just was working at like various different agencies where it was like media buying, billboards, digital. I kind of just like covered the whole spectrum of marketing agencies. And I thought that's what I was going to do. I thought I would just work at those. and But I didn't really see completely in the future. I didn't really know what that was going to look like, like climbing the corporate ladder. I just never really found my footing there. So mm-hmm. I don't think it, it would have actually ended up working out if I had stuck with it, which is exactly why I'm, I'm here. So <laughs> yeah, it's kind of everything is meant to be yeah. situation. Yeah. Especially for creative people, baking is definitely creative, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, so I feel like we all find our way eventually, especially when you start out in the corporate world. Because mm-hmm. I think you don't realize how stark of a difference it is until you're in it. When you have mm-hmm. that like creative bug, but then you're kind of like forced into this funnel of the corporate world, you're like, whoa, this is this is not, not for me. And you don't realize it until you're in it. Um, and then that kind of like pushes you the other way. Cause you're like, all right. Cause that's what happened to me. I was working and I was not having a great time. So then at nights and weekends I would bake to try to like fill that void. And then that just, that's where it kind of grew. Right. Right. I don't know if you have this problem. This is something I definitely do. I do not like having people telling me what to do or shutting down my ideas. Yeah. I always, creating ideas and then if they get shut down I just feel really really stunted mm-hmm. so I feel like working I need to work for myself it's just my future path I just can't yes work for other people I totally agree and like having to ask yeah. for time off that like really uh. that really bothered <laughs> me because I was like you're in control of my life this isn't fair <laughs> that irks me to my core yeah. <laughs> I that's actually what pushed me to, to start butternut <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing this anymore I know I know whenever um my friends or siblings or whatever wants they want to visit me or we want to go they're like I have to ask I'm like I could never that is just it. so aggravating to me yeah <laughs> I know it's a way of life and a lot of people have to do it so I'll never like crap on that at all but like some people love to the nine to five gig because oh, yeah. it's timed, it ends. Creative work never ends, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I'm always thinking about it. I'm literally always on my computer working. So, I mean, there's pros and cons to everything. For sure. Like, sometimes I crave the, like, rigid nine to five because then you're working Same. for yourself and you're your own motivator and you're your own timeline. You create your own deadlines. And that can be hard for creatives, creatives mm-hmm. especially. There is, there is definitely yeah. pros and cons to both. Yeah, yeah. Getting up and making sure that you're a self-starter is like one of the hardest things because I don't work very well during the day. I'm more of a night person, Mm -hmm. but I try to do like house-oriented tasks during the day Mm -hmm. because for some reason, unless there's like a harsh deadline or something, I just like cannot get it done unless it's nighttime Mm -hmm. and that just wouldn't fly in a nine to five. But sometimes I'm like, oh, 
how nice would it be to be done at five and then not think about this until tomorrow? I know, to just completely <laughs> shut off, just have that like hard shut off would be great. Yeah, that that would be great. But hey, it's it's worth it in the end. Oh yeah. I think. Don't regret it. When was that shift that you said, hey, like I can actually make a career out of this? Was it, I mean, we talked about PTO, but was there like a moment where you had that that shift where you're like, this could be something? Yeah, because when I first started it, I was just kind of posting pictures on Instagram. I didn't really think much of it. It was just a hobby that I was just posting at that time. I remember like being on Pinterest, looking at recipes like Sally's Baking Addiction, and it never like connected for me that that was her career and that like this could be a career. I don't know why. It just like it never, never really sunk in. I think it wasn't until at, at around this time, it was a big craze to post like income reports. Food bloggers would do this sometimes where they would show like what oh, they yeah. made that month and how they made it. And those mm-hmm. are what kind of helped everything click for me. Cause I would read through those and I'd be like, oh, you can, you can make money baking? What? And so, yeah, I would go through those and then I'd follow like successful bloggers who would share so many tips and like podcasts. And I just like filled all of my extra time. I'd be driving to work listening to like food blogger podcasts, (laughs) trying to learn everything I could (laughs) to turn my hobby into something into a career. Cause yeah, at that time I was like, you could do that. I have no idea. And I didn't know that it could be so successful. It's been what, five, six, no, six years now. That's crazy. Yeah. It's fully. Oh yeah. 2018. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's six years ago. (laughs) It's weird. It's very weird. Whoa, that is that is weird. Were you worried? Because this is something that I was slightly worried about when I started this podcast and stuff, because I realized how much I love talking to people, how much I love interviewing people. And I was worried if I made that into more of a career oriented thing, that it wouldn't be fun for me anymore. Was that a worry for you? Or you kind of knew it was something you always loved, so it would work out? No, I don't think I ever really thought about that. I will say like, a few years in, I was starting to feel a shift in my creativity where I felt like I wasn't doing it for me anymore. I was doing it for the algorithms, which at that time, the algorithms were changing and it was getting a lot harder for your content uh, to be shown. Mm -hmm. So yeah, at first I was like having a great time being creative, fully creative, because you could do that. You could be fully creative and share whatever you wanted and your audience would see it, but then things changed. So I'm like kind of Mm-hmm. I was creative and then it kind of dipped down and now I'm like going back up again. So it's it's been like in waves. Yeah, it's like a stream of consciousness. It's just a flow mm-hmm. with creative people. Sometimes you have that inspiration and it is just at your peak. And then other times it's like, if I look at another recipe, I just can't do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, it ebbs and flows. Um, yeah, it does. But I think that's kind of when you create your best work for me personally. Anyways, so you learn to bake through a lot of trial and error when, because baking is so precise, how did you kind of come up with your own recipes? Were you frustrated at any time kind of making your own recipes? Cause it's, it's hard. It's kind of like a science. It is hard. And it's hard because it's not like with cooking, while you're cooking, you can make your adjustments. With baking, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like my dry cake I made for my grandma, like that was it. And if I had Mm -hmm. to start over, I had to completely go again. 
change and tweak things, which is, it's just what I did. I would make things over and over and over again. I remember one time I made a pistachio cake (laughs) in my like small (laughs) kitchen in Chicago and the whole thing, I took it out of the pan. The whole thing crumbled everywhere. You have to like oh, clean no. up, clean everything, start again. But yeah, it's just all about like making the very precise tweaks along the way, making lots of notes, making sure that you write down exactly the weights and the cups of everything because it's not fluid. Mm-hmm. You have to really, really be strict about everything. But yeah, like with everything, even my photography, making videos, it's all about repetition. I had a lot of years repeating very, very bad bakes. <laughs> so you just, you learn a lot. You learn a lot along the way. So you're testing these recipes a lot then. Yeah. How many times? Are you yeah, you have to, because there's so many different, there's so many different ways a recipe can be made, even though it's written one specific way. There's certain ingredients that could completely change, like a type of butter completely change how a recipe or a cookie spreads or things like that. Um, and some, it just varies. Sometimes mm-hmm. a recipe takes me, you know, three times. And it's good. And then other times, like the gluten-free cinnamon rolls, or uh, I made like a chocolate cake, or just certain things will take me like 10 times to get to the final recipe. And then I make it again. But yeah, it just okay. it varies. 10 times, that is a lot of ingredients and food. Yes. <laughs> and at some point, it's like I am wasting so much <laughs> to the point where it's like, when, when, when yeah, should do I you stop? Eat it all? No, my husband <laughs> takes everything to work with him. I'm like, you have to get this out of the house. Uh, yeah you have to have someone designated when you're creating anything food related content Mm -hmm. so like you've got to have someone there to to eat it all is there a story behind the name butternut butternut bakery or was it just one of those things that you were like hey this sounded really good so when i was talking about how i wanted to open my own cupcake shop i Mm -hmm was testing like all of my bakes at my home that I grew up in. Um, and it's on butternut street. Mm-hmm. So I thought I would eventually name my cupcake bakery, butternut bakery. Obviously uh-huh. that didn't happen, which I'm very relieved because I don't think I could ever run a bakery. <laughs> but yeah, when I started the blog, <laughs> I was like, well, I already have this name kind of tucked away somewhere. Let's try and use it for, for an online presence. Uh, and it worked, it worked out. Yeah. That is so cute. I wanted to ask you something and now I just remembered what it was. I forgot it made conversation, but I remember. <laughs> because you do a lot of gluten and dairy-free recipes, I've talked to quite a few bakers who try to make their recipe ingredients accessible to people mm-hmm. so they can kind of recreate it. So like easy flour that you can just grab or whatever it is. Do you find that that's harder with gluten-free and dairy-free or because there's so many options now, is it kind of the same? I think it's actually easier because, I mean, a lot of gluten-free recipes require so many different blends of flours that it can be hard to get Mm -hmm. the ratios just right, which is why I'm always leaning towards like existing blends, whether it's like a gluten-free flour blend or like the the bread flour mix I use for my cinnamon rolls which there is a curve definitely when baking with those but it's a lot more it's a lot easier for the home baker to make something like that they don't have to go out and buy a bunch of different flours or different like other ingredients to make their own like some sort of dairy replacement just like a one and done is the best option okay okay yeah and I'm sure if you 
did run that bakery, that would have been like the biggest time commitment <laughs> and yeah. thing yeah. ever, especially if you're trying to do gluten free recipes too. Oh, yeah. You have to get up early in the morning for that. Oh, yeah. Not for me. <laughs> I like my sleep. No, I. <laughs> me too. I thought I was an early morning riser. And then after college, it dipped down dramatically <laughs> like not early morning mm -hmm. at all anymore <laughs> but you don't need to be you have your own schedule yeah, so do you it's great <laughs> <laughs> it's great it's great what is your top or most requested recipe do you know most requested like something that's existing or something people want me to make uh something people want you to make i like that better. i have had so many requests for tiramisu and i did not realize people loved tiramisu so much <laughs> So that is on my list this year. I'm like, I have to make tiramisu. Um, eggless, easy tiramisu is like my number one most requested dessert, which is so random, but I'm happy to make it. I think tiramisu is delicious. I still have yet to put one on my website. I have a gingerbread tiramisu, but not a classic tiramisu. So that will be coming this year. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't have expected yeah. that Isn't at it? all. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I mean, it's an easy recipe, right? It's just a few, it's just like yeah. espresso, mascarpone. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised people want to see one from me so bad because there's so many on the internet. But um, I think that's why I've, I haven't really made one because I'm like, there's been so many done. But then I always, I, I forget that there's a reason why I make my recipes is because they're coming from my own creativity, which that sounds so like vain. I don't know how else to put that. But people want to see, you know, what you create. And I, I keep forgetting that mindset. Right. I'm always like, it's already out there. I don't need to make it. But there's a reason people follow me. So I need, I right. need, to, I need to, to give them what they want. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I don't think that's vain at all. I really don't. I think it's, I, I feel like this is a very general statement, but there are a good amount of content creators who kind of just recreate other people's recipes. But I think it's important to make, put your own spin mm -hmm. on it, which is, kind of a hard feat, especially in baking when everything is kind of, you have your base ingredients. It's like, how do you kind of make it your own? Yeah. Is that difficult? Yeah. Like there's so many different, there's only so many different ways you can make a chocolate chip cookie. Like it requires a specific ratio of like butter to flour to sugar. So it's hard. I mean, I like to add like little spins on mine to help <laughs> make them stand out. It also enhanced the texture and the flavor things like adding maple syrup or honey, or like a little bit of vinegar, or lemon, like little things to kind of enhance a recipe. Because it is hard because there's so many recipes out there that it's like, how do you make mm -hmm. a vanilla cake that's different? Which is, that's like the most, that's like the my favorite part though, is like looking at a recipe and thinking, how can I make this special? How can I make this the best? How can I make this different? I really thrive mm -hmm. in that space. So that'll be my tiramisu. <laughs> We'll have to see what I do with that tiramisu <laughs> to make it a little bit different. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna put notifications on your account when tiramisu <laughs> pops up. What you do? Yes. <laughs> Watch that be like your most watched video yeah. too. I'm gonna manifest like, why that I resist for you it for so long. <laughs> I know it's so funny. Is there a recipe that you are most proud of? I know you mentioned. I think you mentioned vanilla cupcakes. Um, and then the cinnamon roll, would one of those be it? Is there one other yeah, one that? Those are correct. Also my chocolate cake. I don't know if that'd come out yet by the time I was talking about those things, but yeah, my vanilla cupcakes, because when I was in my like cupcake journey in high school and college, making all these cupcakes, 
I was using a lot of other people's cupcake recipes and I could not, they were good. There were a lot of good vanilla cupcakes out there, but I could not find a cupcake that felt like a vanilla box cake mix. There's something about vanilla box cake mix that is so addicting. It is so good. It's so hard to recreate with ingredients in your home. Mm -hmm. So when I made that vanilla cupcake, I remember I made, I went through like five rounds and I landed on a cake and I was like, this is good. I think this is it. And then the next day I woke up and I was like, no, I need to try again. I need to try and get as close to the vanilla box cake mix as possible. And I think I did it. I hope I did it. People claim that I did it. But yeah, that's one I'm really proud of. The gluten-free cinnamon rolls is one I'm really proud of because again, a lot of the gluten-free cinnamon rolls you see on the internet are like, there's like a grittiness or like a thickness about them. And I'm like, I want to make a gluten-free cinnamon roll that tastes like a cinnamon roll that's fluffy and soft and moist. And that required so many rounds of testing. It's all the recipes that require the most rounds of testing that I love the most. And then the chocolate cake. I wanted, I was inspired by Portillo's chocolate cake because Portillo's, have you had the Portillo's chocolate cake? I have not, no. It's so good. It's made with mayo, which like, of course, that makes it so delicious. Um, oh, so I put mayo in my cake and a bunch of, I did, I that was another one where I did like, I don't remember, like six, eight rounds of testing. I landed on a cake and I was like, this is it. And then the next day I woke up and I was like, no, I need to try again. <laughs> and then a couple <laughs> more rounds and then it was perfect. Oh my gosh. That cake is so good. It has like glossy chocolate frosting. It's just like my pride and joy. I love that cake so much, but yeah, it's all the recipes Ooh. that required the most time and patience and testing that I just absolutely love. And it pays off because those are also recipes that do exceedingly well with my audience. Right, right. I feel like if I had to taste a cake 10 times in a row, like in a few (laughs) days, I just wouldn't even know what it tastes like anymore. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, is this better? Honestly, I can't even tell anymore. Yeah, but mayo is interesting. But I guess that's not as out there as I thought because sour cream is used in like... Yeah. Oh, your banana bread. I make your banana bread too. The chocolate chip banana bread with the mm-hmm. yogurt. It that is really good. so good. Like I'm not just saying <laughs> that. It's like top notch. I send it to my dad because he's like a banana bread fiend. Every time we have leftover um, bananas, that's what he's going to make. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm going to make him make that because he doesn't, I don't think he puts enough sugar in his if I'm being completely honest so <laughs> it's like the banana does all the heavy lifting I interview a lot of entrepreneurs and especially like women entrepreneurs so I kind of like to know that in terms of being a self-starter and kind of pursuing your passion what's one thing about your experience that you would be able to advise other aspiring content creators on or or maybe that you're most proud of or can speak mm-hmm. on? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like there's so many things. First, I think you, it's important to really commit to it and show up every day consistently, consist, consistently <laughs> as you can. <laughs> and also, I know this is maybe a little controversial, I don't know, but I remember when I first started out, I was following so, so, so many food accounts and mm-hmm. over time, it was affecting my work because you see yeah. you're constantly, you're kind of just like enveloped in it. And then it influences your own creativity. And I was losing mm-hmm. my spark. I was losing what made my recipes unique because I was just so, my head was so far in to the food space 
so it's, I think it's important to support other people in the space, but also make sure to give you yourself some space from that and not let it influence your creativity because it very easily can. It's a very slippery slope. So that's something I, I warn every sort of creative. Some people are better at it. Maybe it's just me. It could just be me too. But that's, that's something that has really helped me in the past couple of years is kind of step back a little bit, give myself a little space from the, from the food uh, realm. No, no, that's a really, really good point. Because even if you're seeing it, I feel like it's just subconscious. Like if you're seeing a TikTok mm -hmm. that you really like, and you don't necessarily mean to input that into your own page or video or whatever, but subconsciously, it's kind of in the back of your mind. And then you're like, oh, this might be actually kind of similar. So mm -hmm. I think that's a good point when you over overflood, is that a word? I don't know. Flood yourself with all this media, it can be hard to kind of, it almost stifles you yeah. instead of inspires you. Yeah, I agree. There's this, yeah, there's a, there's a tipping point. Like you can be inspired up to a certain point and then it starts to mm -hmm. become mimicking very quick. So there's like a few recipes I'm like overhauling my website the past couple of years. I can look back and be like, that was something that was influenced by something I saw a little too closely. I'm going to go back in and redo that because mm -hmm. yeah, in the early days, I just didn't know what I was, didn't know what I was doing. So yeah, I'm trying to kind of like bring those recipes back to my own creativity. Yeah. Do you find that people kind of, not necessarily copy, but are heavily influenced by the way that you create videos or have you not really noticed that? Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed it. It's very strange. <laughs> like I'll see, I'll see one of my recipes and I'm sure it's not, there's no, specific intent behind it. Like if someone is copying my style or my recipes, they might just be in that situation. Like I just said, where you're on the internet looking at so much food right. and content that it just kind of like slips its way into your creativity. Um, but yeah, I've seen it a lot. Others, there's not much I can do about it. When your account gets bigger, you get more eyes on it and then things happen. But yeah. It's something I, I, I struggle with a little bit because then I'm like, well, that kind of ruins what I'm doing because it's getting copied. So it just kind of dilutes what you're doing. Right. But then I guess that also pushes me to try to like think differently, continuously think and grow and evolve. But yeah, it is an issue. It is an issue, at least in the food space. Yeah, I, I feel like I've seen that a lot, even with creators that have, I've interviewed on here. Um, but I just feel like at the very least that they could say inspired by at Butternut Bakery, mm. just like maybe tag you in it if they notice if it's something that they did intentionally or if they're like obviously making your recipe they say this recipe is from yeah butternut bakery yeah i i do that on my page because i'm like this is obviously very clearly <laughs> someone else's recipe yeah. i'm not gonna just do it as my own i'm not right. like a recipe guru so this is very obviously your cinnamon roll recipe so i'm gonna tag you right appreciate that um, it helps lift people up and then it it helps lift others creator creators up too and if you're trying to be an aspiring creator it could help you build relationships with those creators so oh exactly yeah i think that's a really that's a really good point yeah that's just my that's my advice to creators if you're listening to this <laughs> not that they ask that's what it is are there any bakers or television personalities that you're inspired by oh not so many 
television personalities. You watch Cupcake Wars? No, I don't watch. <laughs> you know, the only baking show I watch is a Great British Baking Show. Because that of show fills the- my heart like nothing else. <laughs> I don't know what they put in that show. <laughs> Maybe that's my inspiration is the Great British Baking Show to make sure that you keep love in your desserts and you're doing it for yourself. <laughs> but yeah, that's like, it's one of those things where I listen to so much music and I know so many artists, but as soon as you play a song, I'm like, I cannot think of who sings that. Like that's me right now. I'm trying to think of like who I'm inspired by, but I'm like blanking under the pressure of trying to think, think of someone on the spot. I think there's a few accounts like, um, Quinn with Butter Be Ready, their content mm-hmm. is incredible. Their food looks incredible. And I don't know how Ooh. she does it, but I, that's someone who like, I wish there were more eyes on her account because everything looks so good. I'm also trying to think, I follow Fredsters on TikTok and he okay. does a lot of um, like Mexican food, which I is one of my favorite cuisines. So I love learning from him. I'm, I'm one day I will make tamales by myself at home. <laughs> I have to try. He has a recipe and I need to try it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm totally blanking, but those are the two people that just like pop, popped into my mind. Yeah. Honestly, probably the first ones are the, are the ones that you um, kind of watch the most. Yeah. Do you find yourself like being a cook as well or is baking your thing? I enjoy cooking. I enjoy mm-hmm. following a recipe, but I don't have the urge to like create my own cooking recipes like I don't feel creative in that space that doesn't really like fulfill me but I enjoy cooking Mm -hmm. I think I'm good at it my husband thinks so so (laughs) um that's the only you need (laughs) yeah yeah and my dog but she'll eat literally anything so but yeah I do enjoy cooking I really like it but it's not something that sparks joy creatively I guess Totally fair. Sidetracking, what kind of dog do you have? Oh, she's a she's a Pitbull's uh, Staffordshire Terrier mix. She's like 45 pounds, brindle oh. dog. She's the sweetest. She's it's, she's all over. I share her on my Instagram all the time. People are probably sick of me sharing my dog constantly. They're like, I'm here for cookies. Never. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm there for cookies and dog content. <laughs> okay, good. Just good. so you know. You have at least one person. Because I will never say no to dog content. So, so, do you feed him some bakery stuff? You probably shouldn't. I don't know. But. Um, no, unless, no, peanut butter. She always gets peanut butter. If I'm like, I just made mm. peanut butter cookies yesterday and I had, because washing peanut butter off of a spoon or out of a measuring cup is so uh, annoying. And I'm like, you know what? She'll, she'll lick this clean. So, I give her the spoon. She cleans it off for me. I rinse it, put it in the dishwasher. It is. It's great. She's like the best little like sous chef. That is so fun when you're like, they vacuum it off the floor or something. If you drop something, oh, yeah. you still get that because I don't want to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is cleaning so like frustrating for you? I hate cleaning. Oh, <laughs> I it's it's just like it's the last thing you have to do after all of this work that you just did. And then you have a sink full of dishes like on a day where I'm shooting a recipe it's very exhausting to have to film myself and then film the process and make the dessert and then photograph the dessert. And then after all of that, it's a complete mess in my kitchen. I usually have to sit. I'm, I usually sit on TikTok for like an hour to like gear myself up to go clean the kitchen. Regroup. Yes. Regroup. <laughs> I'm like, all right, hang on. Let me just take a break for a second. 
and then I'll get to the kitchen. But yeah, that's, that's my husband's like, you could just like hire an assistant to do that. I'm like, I don't want to put anyone else through that. I really don't. (laughs) I'll do it. I don't, I don't want to put anyone else through that. I know that honestly, I think you would get um, a lot of applications to do that, but I think (laughs) they would not enjoy it unless there's someone out there that enjoys cleaning that If you're there, hit me up (laughs) (laughs) because you're going to get a random message now after I put this up. (laughs) I'll do your dishes. Oh my gosh, really? (laughs) Oh, my dream. Last night I cooked and then there's nothing worse than when you cook and then you go to eat your meal and then you're just sitting watching tv scrolling whatever and then you forget that you have those dishes and then you go back to the kitchen you're like oh my god it's like 11 p.m i know i do that like my husband comes home from work and there's this sink full of dishes and we still have to make dinner and he's such a true he is such a good sport he'll clean the dishes for me I'm like, I don't know what I did to deserve you, oh, but sometimes he'll just like clean up, won't say anything. He's just like, all right, let's make dinner. I'm like, thank you. He's your assistant. There yeah. You go. Yeah. I'll just hire him. <laughs> Stay home. What are three in- baking ingredients or foods that you always have to have in your pantry? Mm. Chocolate chips, Trader Joe's chocolate chips to, oh, to be specific. I, I don't know what they do, what magic they have, but Trader Joe's chocolate chips are the best chocolate chips, which makes me sad because I recommend them, but then I realize, well, not everyone has access to a Trader Joe's. So I need to think of like another substitute or another option for people. But yeah, chocolate chips, always have that on hand. Always have to have obviously vanilla, but I don't don't get fancy Mm. with my vanilla. I don't think vanilla is where you need to splurge. I think you need to splurge on chocolate, even though I just said Trader Joe's. But like chocolate, chocolate <laughs> bars is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. And actually chocolate bars would probably be my third. I always have those on hand. I don't I think it's because oh. whenever I'm testing something with chocolate, I have to go through so many rounds of testing. I don't know why. Yeah. It's always something with chocolate. Um, so I have to have so much chocolate on hand. Well, chocolate is such a variety. It's also very much up to the individual's preference. Yeah. I feel like. Because there's semi-sweet dark chocolate. Do you get the dark chocolate ones from Trader Joe's? I get both the semi-sweet and the dark. They're both so good. I'm obsessed with, I have like three bags right now in my pantry, like the dark chocolate ones. <laughs> because I used to be an ingredient household. Oh, yeah. So if you like wanted a something, it would be like handful of chocolate chips, Nestle Toll House. And then I realized that was super bad for me. <laughs> so in my, not, it's out of moderation, to be clear. But then I switched to Trader Joe's dark chocolate and I will not go back. Yeah, it's it's the best. I don't know why. But the Trader Joe's dark chocolate chips are the best. And then lint chocolate bars are the best for baking. Mm. They're in the candy aisle. They're not in the baking aisle. I don't like the baking aisle chocolate bars. I think they like no. the flavors. They like dilute the flavors. They don't taste. They don't have that rich chocolatey flavor that I want go to the candy aisle get your chocolate there oh it is so good it is so good and you can get so many variations of chocolate there you can get like a a 60 percent. you can get a 72 percent. you can get a 90 percent. you can get well white chocolate milk chocolate and it is the best it's the best I have a I have a pile of chocolate bars in my (laughs) pantry that's like this tall my lack of self-control would eat all of Oh, <laughs> yeah. If I get a chocolate craving, I try not to keep treats in the house. But then I'm like, wow, I do have all this chocolate here. And I'll eat, like, a chocolate bar. <laughs> it's fine. It's dark chocolate. I literally, 
not even kidding. I did this last night. I um, got a PR package from Hershey's for Valentine's Day, and it's, like, so dangerous. I don't know why they continue to send me these things because it's so bad. Literally in it was, like, I don't like Reese's Pieces. Pieces? pieces? I don't know. So that was good for me, so I won't touch those. But they did send, like, Hershey's Kisses that are um, chocolate-covered strawberry flavored. Mm. And I'm... I don't know if you've heard of those, but I have not. And I'm curious to see if they, if I could use them in like some sort of baking dessert. Because I think it's kind of interesting. That would be a good, like, like if you made like a, like a peanut butter blossom, but like a sugar cookie instead. And then you put that on top. That'd be really good. With like pink sprinkles. That's what I, okay, maybe I'll, I'll try that. Because I thought that was kind of a weird one. But yeah, I didn't even allow myself when I got back from the holidays to buy any, not any sugar, because I have those Trader Joe's chocolate chips, but most <laughs> sugars, I didn't allow myself to buy anything. And then that came in the mail and I had a Hershey bar last night. So <laughs> it's a sign. It's like, you cannot avoid the sugar. No, it's good for your soul. <laughs> it is. <laughs> What is the one common baking mistake that drives you crazy? There, I'm going through so many that I'm trying to think of like the one that really bothers me. <laughs> I mean, the most common is like flour, I think, flour, but I think there's a lot of just misunderstanding there. I'm trying to think of common. Oh, I think a common one is um, using just like a completely different pan size for a recipe. Like I, there, I have so many recipes where mm. people will leave a, a bad comment but then they admit that they use a completely different pan and i'm like well if you oh. use a smaller pan it'll likely get doughy <laughs> in the center or like something like that that really drives me nuts but yeah that's probably that's probably the number one yeah that's such a good point because if you're putting it in like a wider pan it's going to get flatter and then overcook. yeah yeah it's like the most simple thing you could do in the recipe is use like making the batter and all that is the hardest part and then when you use the wrong pan, it's right. like, that's the easiest step <laughs> to, use, to use the right size. <laughs> and, that, and then it completely ruins the recipe. Yeah, exactly. Do you get people that are in your DMs or like, I messed this up? Oh, oh yes. Or is it mostly good feedback? I, I, yeah, it's mostly good feedback. But every now and then I'll get a, a bad comment and then I'll respond and try to, you know, help fix the issue. And then they'll respond back and say all the things they did different or wrong in the recipe which they didn't say in the initial comments. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so <laughs> this isn't what happened. Um, but then sometimes it's something like to completely innocent and they like, they'll say, oh my gosh, I just realized I forgot the baking soda or something like that. Most of the time it's very, it's very positive. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. When you step back, it's like, now I realize everything <laughs> yeah. I wrong. Yeah. I interviewed Zoe Francois was my last interview for season one and she was saying that like basically not a lot of people read the recipe through mm. so i told her i'm sometimes one of those people to be honest but that's something that people should do if they don't read the recipe through yes. so then you know which yes, pan to use exactly <laughs> if you could only eat one dessert for the rest of your life what would it be oh probably chocolate chip cookie my my heart or my head was trying to say mm. cheesecake cuz i love cheesecake but then I'm like, that would get really tiring after. 
<laughs> after a few rounds of that because it's so <laughs> rich. I, lo I love cheesecake so much. Uh, but yeah, taco chip cookie. Because there's like so many ways you can remix it too if you want. It's just like a little cookie. So many different textures. There's just so many possibilities with chocolate chip cookie. I will say I just, you posted about your chocolate chip cookie like yesterday or the day before and I bookmarked oh, it. Oh, good. So, I love that recipe. It's, it's <laughs> like a classic, easy, simple staple. So good. Do you follow um, the succulent bite, Nico Narena on I Instagram? I think so. He is a cheesecake fanatic and I had him on this podcast too, but he's like obsessed with cheesecakes. So if you love them. You should okay, probably yeah. follow him because he will talk about them okay. forever. I'm going to have to look them up because I cannot, we could just join in a conversation together and be like, Hey, how's your cheesecake going? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about cheesecake. Literally just message him and be like, Hey, um, Olivia Bria, say my last name because he might not remember. <laughs> um, told me, uh, that you make really good cheesecakes yeah. and that's it. And then we can talk about cheesecake forever. <laughs> and then we'll talk about it. Perfect. <laughs> I want to talk about what's next for you. Do you have any upcoming projects or anything else going on? I'm wondering, do you have a baking cookbook yet? You no. So my big undertaking for this year, I've been a one woman show, mostly a one woman show. I have like some, you know, I have a manager and like an accountant and someone who does like a little bit of background stuff for me. But for the most part, I'm a one woman show. And I, this year I want to hire someone to help me with a lot of the background stuff to help free up more of my time, because then that will help me kind of snowball into a cookbook, which is something I really want to do. I don't know if I'll start this year or next year, but I think it'll be in the next couple years for sure because that's like the number one question I get asked all the time is do you have a cookbook or when are you making a cookbook um, which is something I definitely want to do I've been mm -hmm. in talks with a couple different publishers but for the first th first things first I need to free up my time so I can put as much of my effort <laughs> into the cookbook as I possibly can yeah, I, I feel that one woman show is over yeah. here too so <laughs> it's a lot but like also I don't know. I just like to be in mm -hmm. control a little bit. I feel like too. And because it's a creative space, it's like you need someone that needs to execute yeah. your vision. Yeah. Too. And that's that's hard to find. I totally agree. I feel yeah. like. But that's like there's only certain things that I'd be able to pass off to someone. Like I would never pass off like well, I would never say, never say never. But for right now, I wouldn't pass mm -hmm. off like the recipe creation or testing or photography or the videos or the editing, like all of that really fully creative stuff I have to keep here. Otherwise then it's just why Butternut Bakery just isn't Butternut Bakery anymore. But there's so much back end that goes into blogging right. that I think would just, I could pass that off, free up my time and nothing on the outside would change. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Well, honestly, if you need help with writing, I'm freelance. So. Oh, good. Yeah. I, I was going to hire a uh, copywriter is one of a copywriter and then someone to do like a lot of other backing stuff. Yeah. So, perfect. I also know a lot of people in that space too. Oh, so if you ever need help, okay, yeah. I, the freelance game is tough to find, to kind of weed out um, people. I don't know how to say this in the right way, but you want to make sure that you find the right person. Yeah, that's basically what I'm needing to say. <laughs> okay, perfect. And I have no idea really what I'm looking for yet or what to look for in a copywriter because that's totally new for me. So 
Yeah. So recipe, honestly, we can talk about it after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give, I'll give you some tips. Perfect. I have a short game for you. If you're up for it, oh, yeah. it's like a little lightning round. I do in every episode. So I'm going to pit some baking kind of baking goods and food trends against each other. And you're going to tell me which one is better. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. First one, chewy versus crunchy cookie. Chewy. Definitely chewy. Agreed. Uh, second one, buttercream versus chocolate frosting. Sorry. <laughs> chocolate frosting. Oh, that's very close. Okay. See, that one's an easy one for me because I will always say chocolate. I mm. didn't like buttercream until like two years ago. Really? I don't know. It was just like too... I have a thing when it's like too, too sugary yeah. and I could feel yeah. like it's too sugary. Right? It makes me nauseous. Like I don't I don't really like it. I'm just like chocolate. You could either love it or hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Third one, fondant versus regular icing. Regular icing. Yeah. I don't have the patience fondant for fondant. Fondant crazy. Yeah true hard it like cracks and stuff mm -hmm. fourth one plain croissant versus croissant with a filling like nutella or something oh croissant with filling with like chocolate was it pan oh chocolate oh, chocolate chocolat or whatever i probably butchered that yeah yeah oh those are, those are so good they're so good uh fifth one angel food cake versus red velvet cake. red velvet cake which is, I feel like I Red really Velvet like has it. so many haters, and I don't know why. It, it's so good. People need to embrace Red Velvet. I'm actually making a Red Velvet cake this week. Ooh, really? Mm -hmm. Ooh. Like a classic one yeah. or a one with a twist? Classic. But I'm going to use okay. a different dye, so it'll make it a little different. But Okay. All right. I'll look out for that. I think it's because Red Velvet gets the stigma that is just like, vanilla cake with a dye mm. which I mean I guess it kind of is if you're looking at it really generally but I feel like it I think it has a different flavor oh it definitely has a different flavor it's just and different texture it's its own thing people need to respect it people need to respect red velvet and with Valentine's Day yeah coming up they have to embrace yeah. it all right my final question for you I ask every single guest if there is one baking appliance or utensil that you think everyone should splurge on what would it be and why I think uh something that's because I, I really try to stay with like affordable items but one thing I splurge on is the stove stove I hope that's t-a-u-b I'm pretty sure it's stove enameled mm -hmm. cast iron skillet those pans are so good for cooking and for baking, any any skillet dessert I make is in that. Any sort of like cobbler is in that, and it's so easy to clean and it bakes so well. And it's just it'll last you forever. It'll last you a lifetime too. So that's like my one that's one cool. splurge. I highly recommend. That's a new one. That's a new one. I normally get KitchenAid a lot, oh, um, which yeah. is definitely like years. Yeah. Um, but that one, that one's a new. I need a cast iron for sure. I just have, my parents have one. So when I would bake at home, but now that I'm on my own, I have nothing. So I need 
to splurge a little bit yeah. on a cast iron. They're so good. What do you normally throw in there? Like what kind of recipes? Probably the cinnamon rolls, right? You yeah, I, I think I made my cinnamon rolls in the cast iron. I make skillet, like skillet cookies in it. I make apple crisp in it. I made, I have an apple fritter cake I make in it. I use it, I use it a lot. <laughs> I use it for baking and cooking. And I, I love cast iron, but I don't like the maintenance of cast iron. But when it's enameled, you just clean it and it's done. You don't have to do the whole seasoning process. You don't have to seal it or anything. It's, I love it so much. <laughs> I think everyone should have one, but it is a splurge. It is definitely an investment. Oh, you're making me hungry. I was looking at your page last night to like refresh a little bit, see what you were like up to. And I was, my mouth like started watering <laughs> at like 1130. And I was like, I need to go to sleep before I literally go. Like, like My stomach is growling. I need to go to bed. <laughs> literally, I was like, it was either go to bed or make chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> and I chose. <laughs> I need sleep, but the cookies can be so for sure. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe after this, honestly, I'll just avoid all the emails that I've been avoiding for a week. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Don't tell, hopefully no one I need to answer is listening to this. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so, so much for coming on. This was really, really fun. Um, I'm glad we got to, to chat. I've been following your page for a while. So it was really great to meet you and chat all things cupcakes. Yeah, much. there was a lot of cupcake <laughs> conversation. But yeah, this was great. We had really good questions and I had a lot of fun. Of course. And when you're baking cookbook comes eventually because I know it will you can come back on yes or you can come back on anytime yes perfect <laughs> so you can follow Jenna Bernard it's that's how you pronounce right yes you that no one has ever pronounced that correctly that was perfect <laughs> really how did they yeah. say it Barnard is a is a very common one um okay I get um because my last name is Bria they forget the I sometimes so I just get bra and that's unfortunate that's for many interesting. reasons. <laughs> and they forget the second I in Olivia, so I just get Olivia bra half the time. Huh. Yeah. That's that's very yeah, unique. Weird for Olivia's. Shout out to um, Starbucks who does that to me all the time. They <laughs> don't know how to spell <laughs> Olivia. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can follow Jenna Bernard on Instagram or TikTok at Butternut bakery to keep up with her latest recipes and all of that good and fun stuff hey fellow foodies thanks so much for listening and don't forget to leave me a review while you're at it make sure to follow me at living for food pod on instagram or tiktok or email me at living for food pod at gmail.com let me know what you're cooking up this week which guests you would like to see on the podcast or tell me your opinions on the latest viral food trend. And in case you're just joining me, there is an entirety of season one ready and waiting for you. Until next time. <laughs>